Listening to the muster on a Monday afternoon with Andy Muir. Going to catch up with Glenham Farmer now. Dean Ravage, as we do every couple of weeks here on the muster. How are you, mate? How's things? Good, thanks, Andy. A lot of rain over the weekend, so we're sort of well and truly into winter mode now. Yeah, nice weather for ducks, isn't it? Great weather for ducks. It would have been good like this a few weekends ago. Oh, that'd be too practical, though. We know the weather cycle's not playing ball this year. Um, what's the situation looking like at your place? Oh, yeah, we had 55 mils over the, over the weekend, so things are pretty pretty moist. Um, everything is in winter mode now. Everything's behind a wire of some description, and uh, the R1s are on their wintering system, and the R2s are on Sweden as well. So, yeah, back to the daily grind of shifting brakes, unfortunately. Um, when you're training them, no issues? Everything goes to spec? Just keep a pair to keep them in? Yeah, lots of pair, and we'll just make sure the wire's got... Feed available, make sure the feeders are always full, plenty of water, plenty of shelter, and yeah, no issues really. Because you guys, the way the situation was even just a month ago there, mate, um, the things have turned around. Um, how are you looking to supplement through the winter? Yeah, supplement's okay. The sweet crops are really good. Um, we weighed a paddock that we put the R2s on last week and uh, um, just under 17 and a half tonne. So for the direct drill precision Swedes, we're pretty stoked with that. Uh, the cost of them. Haven't quite worked it, but it won't be too many cents per kilo of dry matter. So that's a really good uh, bonus considering the season, and so the rest of the crops are sort of looking on par with that. So as far as supplement feed goes, I think we'll be fine now. Yeah. What did you budget on for your crops? Um, oh, about January, I was sort of trying to make things work at 14 tonne, yeah. which they did just. Uh, would have been tight, but at least now I've got a bit more... F- bit more slack up our sleeves, really. So, yeah, got feed, you got options, really. Yeah, just incredible how the tide can turn like it has. Um, like I just coming back through the key yesterday and just noticing how green and some paddocks are actually recovered really well. And when you're driving up there just a matter of weeks ago, what it was like. But like you say, it's just winter time. We're still waiting for the frost here. I think you guys are too, Dean. This week, um, I think we're due to get a couple. Then we can truly say we're in the winter cycle. Yes, so um, the grass is still growing even with the colder weather and a bit more moisture around, but the soil temperatures are still holding up. So, But the brakes will obviously go on pasture growth as soon as we do get that first frost, really. Hey, Dean, really interesting discussion I had last week with Sean Malloy, uh, based up country, but as a pig farmer, regarding new regulations that are getting pushed through, this, this sounds just like a total hatch job. Yeah, it does. Uh, it was... Um, Beyond belief, or it's just another classic example of government incompetence at the moment. That there was no from the from the industry even sitting on these panels that's advising for these rules. Um, yeah, it's just frustrating for everybody. And like, even though we're not involved with the pork sector, and completely understanding can relate to where they're coming from. Because um, the the board that put this through, or the whatever you call it, the committee, I suppose, for want of another word, um, no vets were on there. There apparently not a lot of sci- no scientists as far as pork were on there. Um, no pig farmers as such, or the pork board. I don't think they were actually, you know, there was zero communication regarding what was going through. Um, it just sounds like agendas at play. It does, but I'm sure they would have had all the expertise in the world with their arts degrees sitting there telling them how to do the job. <laughs> That's always the way, though, wasn't it, these days? Oh, exactly. I don't think uh, many people that are setting these rules and regulations have got out from behind their Wellington desk 
and actually come out and had a look and had feet on the ground to see what's going on. Um, it's just every morning you're waking up at the moment just wondering where, where the next regulation's coming from to give give you a kick, eh? It's just getting a bit frustrating. There's being a polite way to put it, Andy. Well, these dairy regulations that have been drafted in the new proposal, uh, apparently sheep and beef regulations are underway. What they entail, we don't know. Um, but you could almost argue a few of the things that haven't been pushed through previously, they've just overlapped them into these recommendations. Yeah, that's right, Andy. Just looking at the, the new animal welfare guidelines, some of the stuff that was sort of relaxed through the winter grazing thing, winter grazing regulations that sort of made a bit more common sense seem to have just been picked up in the code of uh, welfare rules that have been put out. So it's almost just it's just rules by stealth. They're just changing the tech, how they're coming at us. So, um, yeah, just another another thing for us to have to submit against and try and get some practical solutions around it's just one of a plethora of things that we're having to actually identify with at the moment on farm. Uh, talking to Logan Evans from Groundswell the other day, the meetings they've got they've got out coming out regarding three waters just based here in Gore too. So, yeah, but like you say, it's just hit after hit at the moment. Um, and what what can you do if you're a farmer? What actually can you do if this stuff comes into fruition? Yeah, I, I don't know, Andy. Like, what, what other profession in, in the world or in the country, in our country at least, has to spend 99% of the time defending yourselves and fighting against bureaucrats. And, yeah, it's just, yeah, we just want to get on and keep the economy going and producing low-footprint, high-quality protein for, for everybody, really. Look, yeah, it's just, oh, I wish I could say I really feel but we're on air and I'll probably have to be on the beat button a fair bit, Andy. Um, and let's not forget, we actually had a government, especially a Prime Minister, saying how much farming had done for the economy um, prior to the, um, or just through the um, pandemic. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if she acknowledges the importance of New Zealand agriculture while she's busy um, talking to the people at Harvard next week, eh? Yeah, it'd be interesting to be a fly on the wall for that conversation to see how it goes. Um, you were up and done as yesterday. Uh, you are watching the Landers. Uh, Sam Gilbert went from penthouse to outhouse. Um, was there a good crowd there? Yeah, there wasn't a bad crowd. Um, first game I've been to this season up there. Not too good time. 3.30 kickoff, so still home in reasonable air. To be fair, watching the teams warm up, the Waratahs, they were a big team. They had some big units in there. And, uh, yeah, it really started to tell in the last sort of 20 minutes when they sort of started to roll over the Highlanders, unfortunately. Yeah, and a shout-out to Liam Coltman too. Apparently his old man comes down from the knack, he drives down as well every game. So he's done X amount of Ks following Liam around. Of course, Liam's last home game at, um, I was going to say Carisbrook, if only, at the Glasshouse. He's away over to France at the end of the season. So guys like that, you just appreciate how much they mean to the team. But slowly but surely, the class of 2015 is moving on. Yeah, there's not very many left from the uh, Wellington team, is there really? But... Yeah, he's been a pretty pretty solid stalwart for the for the Highlanders over the last few years. He's been a constant, and um, he will be missed next year, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Dean Ravage, thanks very much for your time this afternoon on the muster, and congratulations for winning the internet last night too. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> Dean Ravage there, Glenham Farmer. Um, if, you're, if you're on Twitter, go and follow Dean Ravage and just have a look through... Um, just go, just go and have a look and, um, yeah, just have a chuckle. He um, came out with an absolute beauty of a burn. Um, let's see about that the better, though. Let's carry on now. Julia Jones from NZX is part of Side, which is occurring in Omaru at the start of June. Julia's on the programme. That's up shortly. When I get to heaven, heaven.